0: Welcome to the Locked Home Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening, you are having a great start to your Friday. It is Friday. We're less than three weeks away from the NBA draft, but we also are being able to witness a lot of fun when it comes to the 2021 NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns are now up two games to none on the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis had an unbelievable effort last night. But the Suns just seem to be a team of destiny, just a well-oiled machine. Chris Paul at the age of 36 is playing arguably the best playoff basketball of his career. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, this is just a team that is both has quality, quality players in terms of all-star level players in the NBA, but just great depth. The Suns are playing like a true, true team of destiny right now. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of the finals plays out. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC. My name is Sean Coleman. It's a pleasure to be with you again in today's episode. The first segment, I'm going to talk about several hot spots in the first 35 or so picks of this year's draft that make sense for the Grizzlies to target for both trade up and trade back scenarios. And then in the second and third segment, I'm going to talk about a prospect who fits a lot of preferences for what the Grizzlies have uh, preferred in the past when it comes to draft prospects, and that's Chris Duarte, the Oregon wing who certainly had a very successful 2020-2021 college season. Again, My name is Sean Coleman. I've been covering the Grizzlies now for three years over at Grizzly Bear Blues. I've been hosting Locked on Grizzlies since April of 2020. I'm a credentialed media member with the Grizzlies, the host of the one place in podcast form. You have the ability to get your latest Grizzlies news, perspective, honest truths, And latest news every single day, your Grizzlies every day, here at Locked on Grizzlies. We ask that you listen, review, subscribe, let us know what you think of the show. We always want to provide content that is relevant to our listeners' preferences. also want to remind you this show is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, Michelob Ultra is the great way to enjoy any game that you're watching. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in this episode. So back on June 22nd, I had talked about, the once the lottery was known, some hot spots that made sense for the Grizzlies to potentially view to trade up. But want to expand on that now, since it seems like the Grizzlies trading up or trading back are sensible directions this team could go. Well, when it comes to trading up, it really starts at the eighth and ninth positions with Orlando and Sacramento. Now, I don't necessarily know if the Grizzlies are going to be are going to want to pay the price that it's going to take to move up that far in this draft. It's sensible that Orlando or Sacramento would want to trade back to gain an asset or two that really could be valuable for their future. But I've talked with other locked-on hosts who are in that area of the draft, other folks who cover the Magic and the and the Kings. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of interest. Doesn't seem like that there is a lot of interest in a price the Grizzlies would probably be willing to pay for Orlando and Sacramento to move back. It probably is going to take the Utah pick plus 17 plus either a Brandon Clark-level asset currently in the NBA or the Grizzlies' future Golden State pick to even start a discussion about moving up. It may take all three of those assets, and I don't know if the Grizzlies are willing to pay that price. So not too sensible, I think, in the end for the Grizzlies to move up to eight or nine. The first spot that really starts to make sense is number 11. And the reason why that makes sense is because Charlotte seems to be one team that certainly could use a true front court type upside swing in this draft. Well, the thing is, is that there there may be several options they could consider that could be available at 17, just as much as they could be at 11. Talking about an Alperin Singen or a Kai Jones, an Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky, or an Usman Garuba. Any of those players probably would be someone that Charlotte would be happy to get. Well, Charlotte thinks that they certainly would love to get one of those players, and they feel that one of those options would be available at 17, maybe they're willing to move back because they're perfectly fine gaining an extra asset or two and then moving back to get the guy that they want. So in terms of trading into the actual lottery, I think that Charlotte is a place that makes sense for the Grizzlies to go after. Then, when you get towards pick 14, and right around where the Grizzlies pick, I think there's a lot of sense that could be made in targeting those areas. I don't think Golden State's going to stay at 14. So maybe a team that they trade with to get a more immediate contributor, that team that's at 14, Maybe they're if they're that interested in draft picks, they're willing to make another trade to move from 14 to 17 to gain an extra asset. The Washington Wizards, at number 15, are a team that probably is further away from contention than the Grizzlies are. They would probably be willing to talk about trading back a few spots for an extra asset. And I think that that's where the Grizzlies have a lot of sense to be made if they do want to trade up. I feel in this draft, especially if there's a few surprises, especially if we see some talents that are you know, more projected towards the 20s go in the lottery like we do almost every year, that means that there could be a few draft picks or a few really, really logical targets for the Grizzlies that could fall in that 14-15 range. And perhaps the Grizzlies are willing to say, okay, we can attach a Grayson Allen or we can attach the Utah pick next year to go up and get a guy we really want. I think that's a more than fair price to pay to move up to get that guy that the Grizzlies won, and it makes sense for them to do that because the teams that will be drafting at 14 and 15, it would make sense for them to gain an extra asset and move back. So if the Grizzlies are going to trade up, I think the most sensible approach for them to do that is to move up just a few spots because I do think that there's going to be a logical guy they can go after, and if they're willing to pay the price, it would make sense to go get it. Another area where it makes sense, though, is that Trading back, and you don't have to look far past seventeen for there to start being some sensible options that make sense. Oklahoma City drafts at both sixteen and eighteen from uh, previous trade from previous trades that they made. And the thing about it is is that perhaps the the Oklahoma City Thunder, the, I don't think they're going to keep both of those picks. We know how much Sam Presti likes to move picks around. Perhaps he moves off of one of those picks. Well, if it's 16 that he moves off of and the Grizzlies are picking at 17, Presti really likes a player, maybe the Grizzlies can move back one slot from 17 to 18 and pick up one of Oklahoma City's second-round picks. Oklahoma City has, a pick, has two picks at 34 and 36. If the Grizzlies were willing to move back from 17 to 18, maybe they could do pick 17 and 51 for pick 18 and 34 or 36. It may take, you know, an extra move, but that's how the Grizzlies could potentially, moving back one spot in this first round, they could find a way to do that while also gaining another pick in the top 35 or so in this draft. And then past pick 18, you've got pick 19. And the New York um, uh, Knicks are at 19, 21, and 32. Perhaps if the Grizzlies were willing to move back, New York may want to move up. They may want to trade the Grizzlies pick 19 or pick 21. And then you can also get pick 32 in the process as well. Once again, the Grizzlies have been able to pick up that extra pick in the top 35 and only have to move back one or two spots. Of course, another team that really stands out and one that I will look further into when we talk with Locked on Rockets host Jackson Gatlin here in the near future is the Grizzlies have pick 17. The Rockets have pick 23 and 24. To move up that far in the draft, it's sensible that the Grizzlies probably would want to target having both pick 23 and 24. And if the Grizzlies were to do that, that's where you start seeing it making sense for them to potentially target the Trey Murphys, the uh, Miles McBrides, the Josh Christophers, Cam Thomases and other players. That is another really really sensible potential trade where the Grizzlies send 17 to Houston and Houston sends 23 and 24 and some of whatever trade scenario works out, that's something that could work out for Memphis as well. So, the Grizzlies, as many, as a few have mentioned, the Grizzlies are really in a spot where they could go a variety of different directions, and it's not only because they have a creative front office, it's not only because they could go a variety of different ways of having this 2021 draft work to their favor, it's also because of the fact that there are so many different spots where the Grizzlies could either move up or move back and gain that extra pick, it seems like they may value. I do think the Grizzlies are going to move around the board. I would be very surprised if they stay at 17, and it's good to know that they have many different options they could consider, many of which also could lead to them getting that extra pick in the top 30 to 35 of this draft that it seems like they may value. But the thing about it is this, is that moving around to get that extra pick or moving around to get the desired selection is one thing. Making the right pick is another. Besides Corey Kispert, the most logical player in this draft for the Grizzlies to bring into the fold, in terms of the player profiles they have targeted in the past, is Oregon's Chris Duarte. In terms of the talent, the skill set, and the impact that Duarte could make immediately, he is a very sensible uh, target for Memphis in this draft. But with the depth and upside that this draft offers, should the Grizzlies look to prefer one of the older prospects in this draft over many younger players with potentially higher ceilings. We'll look at that in analyzing Chris Duarte coming up. Time for our Michelob Ultra moment of the week. And before we get into discussing Oregon's Chris Duarte, I want to talk about another former senior from Oregon that has certainly turned into a valuable part of not only the Grizzlies present, but their future in Dylan Brooks. And our moment of the week goes back to May 10th, a game against the Washington Wizards, in which Dylan Brooks only attempted seven shots. But in that game, he had a plus-22, plus-minus rating. Now, plus-minus, I understand, may not be the best way to measure a player in a single game, but I do think his performance against Bradley Beal and in that game opened the eyes to many, including myself, of just how impactful he can be when he's not shooting the basketball. And since that time, over the next three months, through the two last two months of the season, as well as his incredible performances in the playoffs, we saw the next evolution of Dylan Brooks. We saw a much improved player, a player who makes two-way impact. And it was those type of performances where he showed he could add value outside of shooting that really helped to define how valuable Dylan is to this team now and into the future. And one of the biggest reasons why he's able to add so much value is because of the joy and happiness that he has playing with the Grizzlies. He talks about it all the time, the teammates that he plays with and his coach. And the thing about it is this, is that joy and happiness is exactly what inspires great performances. And it also is awesome because it inspires great taste when you enjoy a Michelob Ultra when you're enjoying a game. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. Make sure you enjoy a nice glass of Michelob Ultra the next time you're watching the Grizzlies or whatever sports moment you enjoy best today on the road to the finals our nba finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. it's only worth it if you enjoy it and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season So obviously, the Grizzlies have done quite well over the past several years, over the past four years, basically, when it comes to drafting. Obviously, the luck that was there with John Morant, the common sense that was there with getting Jaron Jackson Jr., but you also look at Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, and Brandon Clark. The Grizzlies have absolutely hit on player profiles of older prospects who may seem to have low ceilings in the NBA, but potentially high floors do have some obvious limitations. But the Grizzlies, Taylor Jenkins, and his staff have been able to make the most of those players as time has gone on. Well, that certainly has been a clear go-to successful way for the Grizzlies to build this roster. And if they're to stick with that same mold, going with an experienced college player who has shown production, has shown improvement, can be an immediate contributor, and can find ways to contribute across the board... Oregon's Chris Duarte certainly stands out. Now, obviously, you've got the connection when it comes to a senior playing at Oregon, just like you had with Dylan Brooks. And and when you look at them play, Duarte's not far off. You could easily see Brooks and Duarte being similar players. Now, Duarte probably is a a bit better of an overall offensive player producer in college, but at the end of the day, and, and I think that he may not be as good of a, a defender as Dylan is, but at the end of the day, similar size, similar um style that they play, similar contribution potentially on offense, I think that it certainly is a connection that is there. But the thing about it is this, is that when it comes to Duarte, what stands out about him is that you have another player who when the ball is in his hands, or even when it's not... You've got consistent effort. You also have consistent intelligence, which allows for when he's on the court, there to be consistent positive value added to the Grizzlies' overall success or whatever team may draft Duarte. An outstanding shooter. Duarte mostly does it on catch-and-shoot opportunities, but that doesn't mean that Duarte is not someone who certainly can add value when the ball is in his hands in terms of creating his own shot. This past season, Duarte, on a per-game basis, averaged 17.1 points per game. He shot 53% on 11.6 attempts per game. He he shot 42% on 5.53 point attempts per game and shot 63% from inside the arc. He had a true shooting percentage of 62. 5.7%. So, we're not just talking about someone that took the volume that you're looking for in a potential score or a relevant offensive piece. He also was very shot with his smart selection. He consistently took the right shot and was accurate on his shots as well. Now, with Duarte, when you look at him, he's a a very stocky, very stout 6'6 frame player who certainly can play the wing well. thing about it is, he's not someone that's going to be an athletic maven, he's not Someone that you know is is going to be a fast twitch guy who' who creates his own shot or is going to wow you with ball handling, or is going to be able to speed by uh, folks to get to the rim. But he is he is a very intentful scorer. There's a lot of intent, and he can do it at all three levels when it comes to his scoring. For instance, at the rim this season, he shot nearly seventy percent, and only forty percent of his attempts were assisted. He created several mid range shots. One thing that really stands out about Duarte's game is that he's very crafty at being able to create a mid range shot when it seems to be the best option for the offense. And of course, on three point shots, he shot 42% from the field. And the thing about it is this, yes, Several of his three point shots, nearly 70% of his three point shots, were of the catch and shoot variety. But he also, when reading the defense, can set up his own three point shot. He has a few step back and jab moves that he can rely on. His intelligence at being able to read pick and roll opportunities, flares, whatever it may be, he can read the defense and pick out the spot where he knows a defender is not going to be and can make the shot by creating his own shot. That certainly is a needed element to a wing in the Grizzlies' perspective of things when it comes to what they're looking to add in this draft. Beyond being able to read the defense and creating his own shot off the dribble, Duarte can also, kind of like we talked about Corey Kispert, he's very effective at being able to move without the basketball and being able to be a rotational or you know movement spot-up jumper or spot up shooter. And that is also very, very ideal in a system of the Grizzlies that is really, really it very much depends on the passes being made. And that's the thing about Duarte, is that he's someone that can help the ball handler or the playmaker find the right spot to hit Duarte with the pass with the catch-and-shoot three. He also is someone that, in certain situations, can be a playmaker. He can either make the right pass... To make an offensive possession go and be successful, or he can make the right assist by looking at what the defense is offering him. He's someone that the defense is going to have to respect, and if the defense is closing out, or if they're doing other things to respect his shooting, he can make them pay by making the right pass or potentially making a move to get to a better shot at the mid-range level. He's a very, very crafty offensive player that probably comes with age, though there's not much experience. He comes from the Dominican Republic. He doesn't have as... Um, much of a basketball background as you would see a lot of players have when they grew up in the United States. But there's a very crafty, intentful, intelligent part to his game that probably comes from the fact that he's a bit of an older prospect. On defense, Duarte is someone who's not going to wow. He's not going to be a difference-making defender at the NBA level. But like Corey Kispert, for the same reason that Duarte is very intelligent, very crafty, you know, very intentful on offense. Those same things allow for him to be someone that can play and not be a liability on defense, especially in a team defensive scheme. This season Dewarte was able to average 2.7 stocks, meaning combining steals and blocks per game. He averaged 0.8 blocks and 0.9 steals. That was or 1.9 steals. Those were significant improvements from what he did in his junior season at Oregon. And the thing about it is this is that he knows how to use his size as well. Dworte is someone that probably can be beat by faster, you know, more, you know, twitchy athletes at the NBA level, but he also is someone that can make up for his lack of athleticism by playing within a team concept, knowing how to position the ball, and also knowing how to use his body to make, like, Life tough on the opposition when it comes to them trying to find a shot or trying to make a drive. He is very, very similar, in my opinion. I mentioned the name Joe Ingles. If I'm not already, that's someone that Chris Duarte really stands out and reminding me of. A player who, when you see him play basketball, the athleticism, the 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 overall pace at which they play, may not stand out as being something that would make them relevant players when they're on the court. But with the intelligence that they play with with the ability to make the right decisions consistently they are a true asset on the court. Duarte is someone that can possibly outsmart his opposition when it comes to defend, when it comes to defending certain scores. He's someone that can get blocks, can create steals, can make his defender make bad decisions and you see plenty of players like that make it in the NBA and you see plenty of those type of players be on winning basketball teams again because on both ends of the court they consistently add positive value when it happens. So, in general, Duarte is someone that stands out. He's going to offer more offensive than defensive value, and a lot of it is going to be because he's someone that's going to make right decisions with the basketball. He's going to be a reliable shooter that defenses have to respect. Is he going to be a true secondary playmaker? Is he going to be someone that's going to be a Able to consistently get 12 to 15 shots a game? Probably not. But you know that he is someone who doesn't need 12 or 15 shots a game to be able to make an impact. If he gets 5 to 10 shots a game, you expect for him to be someone who could possibly be a 50-40 85-90 to 90 shooter because of the fact that he'll be able to make the right shots, he'll be able to position himself to consistently have high percentage looks from all three levels of scoring, and he's someone that if the shot is not there, he's going to make the right decision to continue an offensive possession. Yes, there are some turnovers, he doesn't have too exciting of an, of an assist-to-turnover ratio, but he is someone who, in my opinion, much more frequently than not, is going to make. The right play and is someone that you can rely on for good scoring punch when you need it. And then defensively, he's not someone that's going to wow. He's not someone that's going to, in my opinion, take over a game defensively, but he'll make the needed plays. He will make the smart plays. He can rebound. He can get a block if it's needed. He can create a steal. Again, he's also a good source of being able to cause his player that he's guarding, either in zone or man to man, to make a bad decision. All those different ways in which DeWarte can impact the game, it may not stand out that will eventually one day make him a star or eventually one day make him a key starter on a championship contender, but he certainly is someone that stands out as being a player that for the next decade and even in his rookie year, he certainly is someone that could make an impact as a rotation player, even in high leverage and playoff situations. So all that sounds great, right? All that is a very sensible target for the Grizzlies to go after near pick 17 or if they're going to pick you know, towards the late teens or 20s. But though Duarte is a very sensible target for Memphis, when it comes to this draft, is he the most logical with how much older he is than other prospects? I'll discuss where he does make sense as a potential pick for Memphis coming up. Much like the Grizzlies are trying to make sure that their roster is in the best working order it can be moving forward, you want to make sure the same thing is true about your car moving forward. And while the Grizzlies are trying to find the right parts to add through the roster, through the draft, you also want to make sure your parts are always in good working order. But if they're not, rockauto.com is a great source to visit for a variety of reasons. Number one, it's very easy to use. Within a few clicks of the button, you'll likely find what you'll need in Rock Auto, regardless of the make and model or the part that you need, is likely going to have it. It's also very cost effective. This is a family-owned business. They've been in business for over 20 years. They know that car parts typically fall out of a lot of folks' budget. They're going to try their best to make sure things are cost effective as they can be when you visit rockauto.com let them know the locked on podcast network sent you rockauto.com amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts that you'll ever need visit rockauto.com today Starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, begins. Featuring analysis from the goat of NBA mock drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough, our Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. Welcome back to the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. So we're talking about Oregon's Chris Duarte. And again, Duarte is someone that is that he, he just absolutely fits the bill of many of the players that the Grizzlies have focused on acquiring over the past few years. A high-floor player that you're sure is a plug-and-play type guy, again, like I mentioned in the second segment, if there is a player in this draft who likely will be picked past pick 15, that you could sit here and say with confidence could be a guy who immediately could play 15 or more minutes on a team that's trying to contend, but also play at a level where he could be considered for the all-rookie first or second team, it's Chris Duarte. That's how much and, and and seamless of a transition his game can be at the next level. So if it fits, if, if all those positive things are, are true about Duarte. Yes, there are limitations physically. Yes, with his age, he just turned 24. He likely is much closer to being the finished product that he'll eventually be than others. If so many of those things positive, t- or if so many of those positive things about Duarte are true, why wouldn't the Grizzlies want to go that direction? Well, it goes back to what I talked about yesterday. It's the fact that the thing that stands out about this draft compared to most is the depth of upside plays that are there for Memphis you're going to see at pick 17, in my opinion, multiple options that make sense for the Grizzlies to go after that are going to be four to five years younger than Duarte that likely are going to have higher ceilings. And with how well your team, with how well Taylor Jenkins' coaching staff and the franchise itself has been developing players who are closer to to be in finished products when the Grizzlies drafted them in the past, you would have to feel confident that the Grizzlies could do that same thing and take a younger player with higher upside and help them reach that upside. So I don't want to sit here and say that Duarte's age is the biggest deterrent, but it is something that's relevant, I feel, for Memphis in this draft, especially for a team that likely does not have plans to pick lower than 17 anytime soon. So if upside is the big thing that stands out about this draft as a whole, and the Grizzlies have shown that they really do have a, a interest in maybe going with upside plays, it would make sense, in my opinion, for Memphis to stay focused on upside plays rather than go with a more sure, high floor, closer to a finished product option in Duarte. Now, that is if they stay at pick seventeen where dworte fig, fig, uh, figures into the grizzlies' plans is if they follow through with their interest in perhaps getting another first round pick say for instance memphis were M- memphis was to trade back with houston and get that 23rd and 24th pick somehow they may want to hedge their risk since they have multiple picks by getting a dworte who you're more sure can add value moving forward and, getting an, and then getting a high upside swing like a Cam Thomas or a Josh Christopher. You're adding two intriguing players. You get all the same benefits that we talked about yesterday of having two potential valuable contributors on cheap contracts long term, but you're able to hedge it to where it's not all of an upside play. You're getting a plug-and-play option like you had with Desmond Bain and Xavier Tillman and Duarte, and then you're getting more of an upside swing guy that could be a a more significant player long-term in a Christopher or a Thomas or a Murphy or what have you. The other thing that stands out that a player like Duarte, where he could become potentially valuable, is this. We talk about Grayson Allen potentially being a guy that... Memphis could look to go after or could look to trade if they were to trade up, but what if one of these expiring contracts for the Grizzlies is not really a player that they're going to prefer to keep around long term, a Tyus Jones or a Grayson Allen or a Kyle Anderson? That a, a player like Duarte is someone that the Grizzlies could use a current veteran on an expiring contract, an Allen, a Tyus, or an Anderson. And if they needed to throw another marginal asset in, that's fine. But the Grizzlies could trade a Tyus Jones, a Grayson Allen, or a Kyle Anderson, attach a marginal future asset to that veteran, trade them to a contender, acquire a late first-round pick, and then get Duarte. What you've done is that you've been able to take a player in the present, who, while they're going to add value next year, you're probably not looking to re-sign them long-term, but you've been able to take their value in the present and gain an asset that can add value long-term because DeWarte would be under cheap control and, again, can can go right into the rotation and produce similar to what Bain and Tillman did last year. Chris DeWarte does make sense in so many different ways for... The Grizzlies, he makes so much sense for the Grizzlies in terms of what they prefer. But in this draft, I think he makes more sense as being their selection if they were to get that extra first-round pick than going with him over higher upside swings at pick 17. If the Grizzlies were to stay put and pick Cristomorte, no issue at all. You take him all day long, and you're happy with it. That's fine. You trust that the Grizzlies are staying true to what has worked with them so far. But, I do think that at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are fully aware of the upside presence in this draft, of the fact that at 17, there truly is the ability to get more upside in this draft than there is in most drafts, and that will influence their decision. But, there's also a lot of sense to be made if the Grizzlies were to acquire that other pick that, you know, they could be looking for to go if they were to try to acquire a second first round pick, I do think Chris Duarte is right there at the top of the list for them to go after if that picks in the 20s. Because he's someone that you could that you with with a lot of trust can feel, can step right into the Grizzlies roster, contribute in whatever way he needs to this year, and then when you have rotation spots to feel starting next summer when veterans leave in free agency, you're fully comfortable with Duarte not overtaking, not only taking on one of those roster spots, but really being a relevant piece that can play a big part in continuing the progression of this team. So at the end of the day, Chris Duarte is not a disappointing target at all for the Grizzlies to go after. I just think that it's more in a tradeback scenario where they acquire another pick. That's where he would be his most valuable as someone to pick than sticking at 17 and picking him over players with more significant upside moving forward. That'll do it for this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Make sure you you tune in to all of our podcasts this week talking about the NBA draft. We'll be back with you tomorrow for another special edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Follow the show at Locked on Grizz, myself at StatsSAC. My name is Sean Coleman. It's been a pleasure, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.